Hey guys, welcome back to Amstown channel. I am with the one and only Jeff Booth. Actually, have been a big fan of yours for uh, like three to four years, I believe, since your book came out in 2019. Actually, uh, Jeff Booth is a visionary leader. He has been in the forefront of technological innovation for more than 20 years. He has been featured in uh, Forbes, uh, Wall Street Journal, uh, Bloomberg, and many others. And he has been named as a a top 100 entrepreneurs by Goldman Sachs. He also, the author of The Price of Tomorrow, I highly recommend this book. Very nice. How are you doing, Jeff? <laughs> great. Great to, meet you. great to see you, Andre. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, so, okay, so let's go to the interview. Let me start with the first question. Uh, what is your current um, uh, like outlook for what's going on in the, in the economy? <laughs> That's a, just that question, hey? Um, I, th I think we're in for a rocky road ahead. Um, no matter no matter what, and Rocky might be an understatement. Mm -hmm. um, and depending where you are in the world, um, it, it, it might seem safe for some time. Um, right. Or, uh, but but overall, economies uh, our, our economies are in a lot of trouble, um, and that means uh, and because the economies are in a lot of trouble, that means division division and hatred is probably going to reign. And political right. uh, yep. political on on uh, upheaval is inevitable as well. So mm -hmm. ultimately, ultimately, that comes from approximately four hundred trillion dollars of debt already being in, being insolvent. Um, right, yeah, and, that's uh, a lot of money. It, well, if you paid back one trillion dollars of debt, it would take you approximately thirty-two thousand years to pay back one trillion dollars of debt. So, when you have four hundred trillion in the global economy that's already insolvent, <clears throat> that kind of is a big problem. Yeah, that, that is correct. Um, so, in your book, uh, you advocate uh, deflation versus inflation, and you believe that deflation could actually be a solution to this current economic problem. So, why? you think deflation is the solution yeah and i, I think we need to be careful uh, specifically about is deflation uh, good for this current economic problem because deflation would make this current economic problem worse um, so when people tell you deflation is required for a productive economy just ask yourself this why is theft and money required to run a, to to trade with each other Right, yeah. Um, and because all inflation is, is theft and money. So you don't it's vote a, for he, it. Hidden theft, basically. Exactly. Exactly. You don't vote for it. So, yeah. so, so we believe we live in democracies yet. We have no vote for the thing that matters most in our life in, in, in our money losing value over time. Why is that? And we've been taught through all schools. Don't even ask what money is. Economics starts a layer above there, assuming that that inflation is required. But ask yourself, why is that? Now, I will grant if if you have a credit based system. So if you have nothing backing a system, if money is only a, a, an credit. instrument, a credit instrument, then inflation is required because because without inflation, then the credit resets as as deflation is allowed it happens in the economy or let's say instead of as deflation happens as the natural free market emerges which creates deflation and right. product yeah. prices coming down then then you can't pay the, the debt that gets more expensive in real terms 
So the only way to run a, a, an inflationary or sorry, a credit based system is what ends up happening is the, the market has always been deflationary. And, um, and if you run inflation against that, you, the rise of debt is in fact, short term debt cycles that Ray Dalio would talk about, then, mm -hmm. then long term debt cycles as, as debt fails at a certain kind of in the economy or people, and then, and then it gets kicked up the road because when people fail, government steps in and either, mm -hmm. um, either saves those people, puts them on welfare or so, so government steps in and creates, uh, more, more debt. Um, or saves banks, bails out banks and kicks it up stairs. So once the government is in highly, uh, uh, highly in debt, what they typically do is increase the inflation rate to get out of debt because it's a hidden theft in money right, yep. that, um, that transfers more and more purchasing power to the biggest companies and, and government and government gets bigger as a result. Um, and it hurts uh, it hurts small business and it hurts, uh, it hurts individual middle people. Class, yeah. Middle, middle class. So it's a, it's a hidden theft, a transfer of money from the, from, um, from poor to rich, from poor to rich, which is crazy. And it happens all over the world, but they are left with very little choice. And that's why I would say most people think about it as a conspiracy theory. And as by thinking of it as a conspiracy theory, they actually make it worse. Because by yell, because most people don't know what we're talking about, and the people yelling at this kind of system as a conspiracy theory, which there are some really not good people in the system, but most of them are it's just run run because the incentives are there, and those people yeah. would tell themselves a story that I have to do this because if I don't, then then people are going to starve or people are, or the entire economy right. is going to yeah. fail. And actually they're right in that because mm -hmm. if you let deflation happen from $400 trillion of debt all over the world, it just keeps on unwinding. Why, what I mean by that is everything that you take for granted right now, um, or most things you take for granted right, right now are tied to that credit based system. So supply chains would fail, food on shelves would fail, businesses, all businesses would go broke, banks would go yep. broke, because there's actually no money backing it. It's just a contract that says, oh, this person has this money because IOUs, they're basically. IOUs all the way yep. down. Yep. And those IOUs would, if they became more expensive in real terms, as you allowed deflation to happen, it would fail. Yep. So, so one of the things when people kind of mistake the book or, 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 or mistake what I'm talking about there, this system that we already have, the system we live in right now, the system we take for granted is already insolvent. The only way it can remain solvent is through financial repression. What that means is, is stealing more of your money at a greater rate over time. Um, and, and most people are staying in that system and making it stronger with every action, thinking a political leader can solve that. And so, so what ends up happening is, is you have to steal more money from people over time and the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer and middle-class and poor are getting poorer. Then the next step of that is nobody would, nobody would volunteer to do that. Yep. So, so when I say financial repression, um, then you have to control people through whether it's 
whether it's media, it's turning certain voices off in a free market, what's happened to Russell, Russell Brand probably as a result of that, what ha happened to Julian Assange, a lot of these things are as a result of you have to control people through actions to, uh, to be able to, because they wouldn't choose to stay in a system that is, uh, that is right. based on theft. And, and so what you see as a result of the control in the world expanding and, and what, if you just look around, that's a result of a system that must do that. So what I advocate is a new parallel system that works on the free market that allows prices to fall based on technology and pr productivity, which should be the market. Mm -hmm. Right. And you talk about uh, deflation, right? Yeah. So yeah. And, and so de deflation is a, and just keep in, keep in mind, and this is complicated for people because they're so used to thinking that inflation is required for a productive economy right. yep. and it's not it just, if you could just say, it, um, to simplify it for your users, imagine you had, um, four monetary units, there were 8 billion monetary units in the world. Um, and, uh, and, uh, you, I, I had two, you had four other people had one. Some people had half of one, right. um, yep. based on the value that they produced for society. Um, and all of a sudden, instead of 8 billion monetary units in the world, there were 16 billion. Right. If your four went to six, you would days. think you, yeah, but you would think you were winning. If right, you weren't yeah. measuring the monetary units, the base that was, it was ha happening, but now imagine that at trillions of dollars, um, and trillions of dollars annually and it, what, why we can't keep up, our minds can't keep up with the price rising and what's happening to our money that, uh, is, is because that manipulation is in our money. And so, and everybody's experiencing it and they're wondering what the reason is. All so the inflation is the sim probably the simple as an increase in money supply, which creates prices right, yeah. to prices to go up. Um, deflation is the opposite uh, that where 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 prices uh, prices fall. Cool. Yep. Um, and why would prices fall? Prices would fall because in a free market, um, prices fall to the marginal cost of production. And mm -hmm. today, and today you have. So, so if prices fall to the marginal cost of production, no matter what you do, you could regulate an industry for a while, um, and you could slow that down, but other countries that don't regulate that industry, prices fall, and then they compete with your industry and you, and you fail. Um, so prices always fall to the marginal cost of production. Today you have exponentially increasing productivity. So with artificial right, intelligence, yeah. robotics and, uh, and such, all of this. And it, by the way, it's not just in the things like this Riverside app that is effectively free, right, um, yeah. that can touch millions of people, billions of people all over the world where we used to have to take planes and meet people to be able to do that. It's it's so that that would be and Google and AI. It's not just there. It's in it's in energy as well. It's in uh, it's in food as well. So all of these things, if if prices fall to the marginal cost of production and you have exponentially increasing productivity, then what that should mean is prices are falling exponentially mm -hmm. Right. every year, every year prices should get cheaper. Um, and they should get faster and faster, cheaper over time. And in that world, we would, we would, um, get more every year for less. We would work less. 
we would consume less. We uh, we would we we would get more for less. So mm -hmm. so we don't need to. It, if you take this Riverside app, and even if you tie this to the environment or anything else, if you take this Riverside app, where we would have had to fly, meet people, touch very few people, um, in in a meeting hall, and all of the co cost to be able to do that, now we can touch millions, billions, on an, on something like this, and everyone is enriched that, that listens to it, and there's no cost to the environment. Right. right. So let me ask you this question: If the uh, prices would fall to the marginal cost of production. Would there be incentive for businesses to actually uh, go into business if the uh, business fall? If something would fall um, to the cost of production, would there be any like profits in that? Or what do you think? So, about that? so that's where one of the kind of the biggest. It's a really good question because so many people get confused thinking, what would other businesses do instead of what would I do? Right. right. If that. If what I uh, just described didn't happen, mm -hmm. then there, then we wouldn't have created calculator apps. Right. Yeah. Right? We wouldn't have. No one would have created Riverside. No one would have created Zoom. The no one would have created um, uh, uh, TVs. No one would have created computers, cell phones, cell phones. All of these things where prices fall each year. Mm -hmm. There's high high competition looking f to try to find ways to beat other competition until prices fall to zero. And then those entrepreneurs move from that industry to another industry. I haven't, I'm, I run a VC company and I haven't seen a lot of calculator app entrepreneurs trying to create the next calculator app. Right. Um, and, and so they, they turn to an industry with, with bigger problems, with high fat margins, and they attack it like a swarm to be able to try to deliver value and by attacking it, they deliver better value. Similar to what happened with Kodak, um, and, and new photos to today, right. Kodak no longer exists and, and photos went to effectively free. Yep. Gotcha. So just to follow up on that, um, answer. So if in deflationary system, if my dollar tomorrow buys more than today, well, I mean, it's kind of similar question. Why would somebody, would like to spend the dollars. I know I already know the answer to that, but maybe my viewers yeah. don't, so maybe I can answer it. Yeah, and by the way, that's that's how the, that's uh, that's how the existing system, based on a belief that you need theft and money for productive economy, that belief, no one questions that belief. They don't even look at their own actions. So, right. yep. so in in their own actions, let's just take parts of the economy first to be able to say what would you still buy? Would you still buy food? Of course, probably right. Um, yeah, would you still, buy, yeah. yeah? Would you still buy? Would you still buy things for your health? Yes, probably. Um, would you still buy? Uh, would you still buy computers? Yes. Would you still buy TVs? Would you still buy phones? Because we make these decisions today. Um, we we all make. So when you purchase something, when it creates a need that is greater than like a desire or a need. Right. That's that's greater than what what you think in your terms, you uh, you want to buy, regardless of, uh, and that is an individual decision based on, uh, based regardless of deflation or inflation. So if you turn that question on its head, it's actually why I know I know how many people get stuck in that question because they just believe you have to live in a credit based system that that steals your time. 
Um, but if you turn that on your, on your head and ask the opposite question, what it's actually saying is I only purchase things because my money is going to be stolen. Right. Yep. That's a really crazy way to build an economy. Um, who, who would win, who would lose? Like if the, if you had an economy that, that essentially all money is, is information, it's just a ledger describing, just describing, um, what you have in a global ledger versus what you think you need to be, be able to uh, create what you want. That's all it is. So, right. so if you had a ledger that was prone to manipulation and greater and greater manipulation is essentially a, a ledger that had theft in money. And you had trade on top of that, and you had a, all human action on top of that work, trade, what we do think, who we think we are. What do you think the emergent complex behavior of society would look like? Wouldn't it look like, wouldn't it favor the biggest cheaters? Wouldn't it favor the biggest, the, the, the people who steal more from, uh, from, uh, from people versus people who are productive? And that's exactly what you find if you look in a mirror. Like uh, Max Kaiser likes to say, Cantillian effect, basically. Yeah. So if, but if you just look, if you look in a mirror of society, and if you look at it's kind of what's happening, it's because the mirror reflection back to us is based on theft, and that theft gives more and more control to a certain class of people that essentially uh, they don't. And I want to be careful here because most of them don't know it, but it is based on based on theft that that steals from other people so what would the what would society look like who would win um so that now ask yourself the alternative question what would society look like on 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 a layer or a ledger based on truth and and the mere reflection of society back exactly the mere the mere reflection back to us would would look entirely different than it does today. It would mean the productive capacity of all of the world is flowing in service to all of the world. Right. Yep. So let me ask you a follow up question. So yes, in deflationary system, I would definitely buy uh, whatever I need to survive, like food, medicine, probably some uh, technology, technological electronics. But would actually people be incentivized to invest? That's the question. Because if my money actually uh, increasing in power over time, why would I invest in something? Okay. So for your listeners that don't know this, I created a venture fund. I, I, uh, so I created a company called Ego Death Capital to invest in on, entrepreneurs building this new parallel system. Um, why would I do that? Right? Because I, um, I'm in Bitcoin. I'm right. all my money would just do. So why would I create a whole, why would I use my money to be able to do that? And my time to be able to do that. And it's because, because regardless of the rate. So if you have a, if you have a, let's say an 8% inflation rate, and that's probably the true rate over the right. last hundred years. If so, you look at M2 money supply, it actually increased for the past 70 years by uh, 70% per annum, yeah. which is insane. Yep. Insane. So if you look at the true rate of inflation th throughout the economy and what's, what's happening uh, and all that misallocated capital as a result and all of the kind of human damage that that creates, um, if you, if you looked at that, uh, rate that means to beat that rate. So my money retains value. My return needs to be positive 8%. Right. 
anything less than that, I'm getting diluted. And very few people make that over a hundred years. Exactly. There, it's uh, it's a, it's, it, so it's almost impossible to beat that uh, that rate. Um, and people who think they can for a time end up gambling more, and they uh, they win for a year on somebody else's loss, and then they lose everything. So, and that happens at a greater and greater rate in the existing system. In in Bitcoin, because it's tr a transfer into in, into the new system, what that means is, is the rate of return implied for Bitcoin is a staggering rate of return. Yeah. It's a, um, and, and so I need to beat that rate of return to build product, not in fiat terms. I need to beat the rate in of return terms, in, Bitcoin, in real terms, right. in Bitcoin terms to be able to do that. And I, and I believe that we can massively beat that rate of return by investing in companies that extend the Bitcoin network and, uh, and, and, and drive this, uh, drive this future that we're talking about right now. Right. So probably you will beat a uh, Bitcoin rate of return like over time, because like since the past decade, Bitcoin like appreciated in value for like 150% per per year, which is huge. <laughs> yeah. Now, and, 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 but I think a better way to look at it now, I know everybody looks at it and when you, when you say the 150 uh, rate, uh, rate of return, yeah. What you're actually talking about is measured in fiat dollars. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yep. And, 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 and it's, it's how powerful that narrative is over our brain. We measure everything in the fiat dollars versus the Bitcoin yeah. dollars. You're right. yep. Um, and instead turn that equation on its head. Five years ago, my, my home would have cost me 2000 Bitcoin. Now my home cost me 50 Bitcoin. Yeah. A couple of years from now, my home will probably cost two or three Bitcoin. Um, and, and what that's saying is prices are falling everywhere when measured in a currency that can't be manipulated. That's true. Yep. Right. And, and so what's actually happening because, because the rate of return on Bitcoin in, in Lebanon or in Venezuela is way higher than it is in the U S and each country's rate of return. If you're measuring in the fiat currency, all you're doing is measuring from the broken currency. Yep. You're measuring the truth. And so you have to flip that it's uh, that on your head, it, it's head. And actually you have to do that f to be able to see what's actually happening in the real economy as well. And you have to forecast what would, um, what would happen if a monetary unit can't be debased and some industries would fall to zero way faster in, in price. And, and some industries would lag as they became more and more automated by technology. Um, and then they would fall faster as well, as well. Yep. Actually, if you look at the Bitcoin in terms of Lebanon currency, Bitcoin already made like new all time high. And yeah, the same goes with like Argentina, Turkish Lira and many other countries that basically uh, inflated their fiat currencies. Yeah. It, it, and, and what it's saying is if, if you just follow that logic, if prices fall to the marginal cost of production, which they do in a free market for sure, mm -hmm. it, um, if you have exponentially increasing productivity, then as long as Bitcoin stays decentralized and secure, then it is inevitable that it reprices the entire global financial system, not the other way around. And most people, even in Bitcoin are measuring Bitcoin from their fiat instrument versus, versus things, things priced in Bitcoin, which is probably the right way to look at it. Yep. Yeah. Everything falls.
in some everything fall everything falls forever so so why um so that thesis that i put out in 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 price of tomorrow mm-hmm. i kept on trying to challenge that thesis because anything new anything new that is is it we've never seen before mm-hmm. um it feels like such a stretch for our brain right so the yeah. the um you have to, think, differently, basically. You have to think totally differently right. Um, and we're so used to thinking one way and, and why the world works this way. So imagine a system that's this big, that's t- touching everything we do. And somebody says a system could work better in this way. It's really hard for our brain to not drag all of the biases from the old system into the new, because new systems have to be intuited from first principles. You have to, you have to, because the data all of the data around us is data from the existing system. CPI rate, GDP, all of these things are constructs. I mean, it means what we measure from the existing system, we cannot measure in the new system. We have to find That's different ways. We, we have to, those are all the things that we measure and look at in the papers and the news media and everything else is a construct from our existing way of life. And so to understand what something will look like, what what uh, what was what was people that were what were people's expectations from the iPhone before the iPhone was out? They wanted bigger buttons on their phone, right? right yeah. And Blackberry. Um, the BlackBerry, <laughs> um, yeah. and uh, and and they didn't know. So so anytime you're inventing the future or predicting the future, you have to yeah. exactly. You have to predict all of these behaviors, and you have to predict what would happen on, on a new set of rules and what would that look like? And then how would that expand? And, and why, why I keep going back to this is I, I tried to disprove this hypothesis. I tried to disprove mm-hmm. Bitcoin. I tried to say, how would I kill it? What would, what would happen? And as I, as I did, it only got stronger and stronger and my mental model of the world, you, you've just read my book. It was written four years. Uh, it was written four years ago, and what you can see in, in 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 that is it's almost like a prediction of the future. It's a prediction of today, um, and it and it predicts the next steps. So what it says is my so nothing is surprising me, as governments print more money, and it and it keeps on surprising people, um, and nothing is surprising me as 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 these control systems over us in the media take more of our individual rights and freedoms away slowly. Not, none of these are surprises. They're just up. They're necessary in the existing system. And, and so my mental model of the world based on first principles is reinforcing back and, and being accurate. It's accurate in its predictions. And so, and now will that continue? And what I would say is it's going to be bumpy along the way. It's going to be really bumpy along the way because most people are measuring this, um, a system problem from the system, creating the problem. Um, but, but it's inevitable as long as Bitcoin stays decentralized and secure, this change, this change is inevitable. Yeah. 100% agreed. Um, so yeah, as in your book, you described that. Your first phone cost like two thousand dollars, and then your monthly fee was like over one thousand dollars, and now like iPhone costs like less than thousand dollars. So we can see that technology is deflationary, and 
the prices are basically dropping in the technology. So let me ask you this question. So if the technology deflationary, will these technologies like spread in like every sector in the economy or it will only be like in the like iPhone, computer, and so on and so forth? Every sector. I, I have a friend. I, I have a friend who runs uh, run one of the leading robotics companies, uh, bringing artificial general intelligence um, to robotics. So ask yourself, and, and with with hands like ours, this this technology is already deployed in stores and in some stores in Vancouver, and it's expanding quickly. And so this. This technology is not where a robot does a simple task like load this load this over and over and over. This technology is where the robot learns faster than you and I, yeah. can do anything, can run the entire store, can go to the, do the checkout, can go unload boxes, can go do different prices on uh, do, different prices on on things, can walk around with the same ability as you and I. Right now, it's it's slow, and the cost is high. But this is already happening. So now, so ask yourself, if I could hire a robot that that cost me way less than a human, three dollars an hour, and could do things right. way better, way, way better than uh, humans, what would happen? And and in that question, so so what's happening is today we see technology exponentially changing, um, uh, a kind of technology advancement in digital things. Right where and and that's where it starts, but what I'm talking about is then it moves to physical, mm-hmm. and all of those things fall at the same rate. Um, because now you're automating now you're automating the physical world um, too, and so whether that's in in five years, ten years, two years, it uh, and it doesn't actually matter when it happens. Um, it's it's a it it's a trend, and people will miss it, and so. Mm-hmm. The rise in debt, and then the rise in bigger debt, and then the rise in um, in debt that can't be repaid, and you you change the rules of a free market, and you bail everybody out, or you bail out the 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 um, the big banks and everything else at the cost of the taxpayers. The rise of that is has always been technology, and and today technology is moving faster. So if you have an inflationary monetary system that requires debt. And technology makes that debt more expensive right, yeah. at, um, at a faster and faster rate, then, then it fails faster and, and you get to this point in faster. In fact, I, I believe that throughout out time, I believe that looking back a couple thousand years ago to the Roman empire, where, where, uh, where currencies failed every 500 years versus mm-hmm. today, every say 50 years right, yeah. is is this is because technology is moving faster today it's always been moving right. but now it's it, moving it, faster transmitted faster yeah so the trend that we're talking about now is is going to enter in the next couple of years into all physical things too and it'll automate that that means prices should fall faster everywhere and and from the existing system what that means is is you'll hear all these crazy types of proposals like we should tax the robots. <laughs> and, and what they're really saying by that, by, by that is, we're not going to let prices fall, we're going to make you work harder, we're going to transfer all of the wealth to a certain number of corporations to control you. Because why would you tax why if that if that made any sense, 
why wouldn't you tax the air that you breathe right now? <laughs> right. It's and insane. it's insane. So, so the entire, the, it, what we do as humans is we try to find better ways. And for a while, when we find be better ways, novel ways to be, create value for other humans, um, we get, we, we make more money. But as those prices fall further and further, other people compete with us. Um, and we have to find a new ways to create value for society. The output of all of that work is prices fall and people can live with less because even if you, even if you don't have the money, um, you don't require money to be able to breathe on this planet. Yep. Right. And so more and more things, more and more things will look like that from a system that allows the productive capacity of, of all of us to work for all of us. Sure. Actually, I think a few years ago, um, they proposed to tax unrealized capital gains, which is insane. Yeah. Uh, you, 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 yeah. All of these things that are going to happen out of this, it'll make you mad. Um, and you'll re and, and most people are reinforcing and spending all of their time in a system that is actually stealing their life energy. And so what I chose, what part of the reason I, uh, I chose to invest my time in, in building ego death and, and funding some of the best and brightest entrepreneurs building the new parallel system is I wanted to spend my time where it was more valuable. And I knew all of this was going to break down. I knew everything was going to what, what the next steps of this system were and the best way I could, um, help or move what the future that I wanted to see happen faster is help the entrepreneurs building that future. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so let me jump in and ask you another question. So technology is deflationary and uh, you say that technology is going to move in, in exponential rate. And in the book you describe with folding piece of paper, if you fold it, I believe was it 32 times, then some people believe. Yeah, 50, 50, 50 times. 50 times, right. Some people believe is going to be like two inches. So can you elaborate a bit on that? Yeah. So if, if I folded just a piece of paper, just a normal eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, you can only fold it seven times, but if you could fold it 50 times right. on itself, so on itself, I've asked this question all over the world, probably tens of thousands of people, maybe hundreds of thousands of people and most audience responses to that question is how big would the fold be at 50 for, um, people guess about two inches. Um, and the actual number is the, the, the piece of paper would go to, from here to the sun. Oh, and, insane. um, it's insane. Um, and that, ins and, and that, but if you, if you use that same analogy that effectively what, what it says and forget, um, it, what it says is most people, it's so hard for the human brain to, to understand exponentials. Yeah. Right. And yet once we hear the parlor trick, the, cause it feels like, Oh, okay. Crazy. That's a neat idea. We think, Oh, now we understand exponentials, but then we won't in somewhere else. Why that's important is we've had the, that same rate of doubling, um, each year or each year and a half in chips and computer chips, Moore's law. And we're on fold, um, we're on, probably on fold 34 going to 35. Right. Yep. Yeah. So, so why it feels going to be crazy. The, exactly. But the fold from 34 to 35 requires this much more monetary easing to be able right. to stop, to stop the offset. 
the fold 35 to 36 requires an exponential more because now we're in the steep steps. Why, why it feels like technology is changing so fast. It's not linear. It's exponential. Yeah. In fact, the, why it, when there's two chapters in that book that talk about where AI will be, um, mm -hmm. read them today. It's where AI is, right? How fast yeah. this is, 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 is happening and why could I predict that? I could predict that because, because I wasn't predicting on a linear path. AI has been moving at the exact same rate for 50 for 70 years. Um, the rate has just been exponential. It hasn't been linear. And, and, and so we, we are left with this. We all believe we think in exponentials, but the truth is very, very few of us can. Yeah, the brain cannot comprehend your brain, our brain can't, you, yeah. you have to keep on breaking your paradigm to be able to think in exponentials. And once you think in exponentials and you follow that path, then you can realize what's happening in the next step. And these are just mirror images, right? If technology is moving at that rate, then it should be bringing prices down and we should be able to every year, we should be able to work less and get more. That's what the world yeah. should look like. But under the existing system, it has to offset that amount of money printing and more to be able to, to stay solvent in that. So you could see the rise of debt and the rise of manipulation of money is just an inverse relation to, to what I'm talking about here. Yep. I'm going back to exponential is like compound rate. Uh, let me tell you a quick story. Maybe you heard the story before. I'm not sure if this is fiction or this is true story. So. The story begins, basically it was a peasant, like long time ago, peasant who invented a chest with 64 boxes. You heard that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, he went to the king. King was so uh, fascinated by the chess game. He, uh, he asked a peasant, hey, uh, what do you want for this? Like, you should be rewarded. And he said, he, maybe, he thought, king thought maybe he's going to ask for gold or some maybe piece of the kingdom. But he asked, he said, take a grain and put on put on each a box of chest and each box like double like first box is going to be one second box two third box four then eight uh 16 and so on and so forth so he took maybe like a barrel of uh, grains and uh, actually a few weeks later like he found out that like it's impossible to finish finish all this board with 64 boxes so yeah, like two to the power, like 64 minus one, which is 63, that's like insane number. So it turns out it's going to be like more than $300 trillion worth of grains, which is not enough in earth to fill up the ch uh, chessboard, which is insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I can't remember if I wrote about that in the book or not, or if I wrote about penny doubling, but, uh, but yes, I've, uh, yeah, I've heard that, that, that right. same. Yeah. Yeah, it's but it's, it's, it, 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 what's fascinating to me is we hear these stories. We, um, same as the penny doubling. Do you want $10 million or a penny doubling for 30 days? 30 days right. yeah, yeah. Exactly. We hear these stories when we're young, we hear these stories, they sound, we tell these stories and then immediately we, we go back to thinking linear, right? Yeah, so yeah, even true. though we know it's, it tells you how, how strong this pattern is in our brain to be able to be confused by exponentials. And so if you're living in a, a world that's changing like that, it's likely going to be confusing yeah. for your brain. Yeah. So moving back to Bitcoin, you think Bitcoin is going to be transmission mechanism from inflationary system into deflationary system. 
So um, how long you think it's going to take for that to happen? Uh, Andre, you, do you measure yourself? Do you measure your world in Bitcoin? Uh, no. Okay. So that's how long it's going to take. Until, but but again, if you're a Bitcoiner already, so here here's what I would say for me, I'm already living in the future, I'm already living in in abundance. I'm measuring in Bitcoin. I can't spend everywhere in Canada on Bitcoin, but I try to where I can. Um, I, I try to. I measure my world in Bitcoin. I'm in investing in Bitcoin, and I spend all I spend most of my time with with people that are building this future. And what I see is abundance. I see in, in my world, say, obviously, if Bitcoin has volatility, but over the course of time, what that means is every year, life is getting better. There's more value, there's people, the people around me, the what ends up happening is, is, as people are moving to this new system, you see hope, you see truth, you see, you see uh, a better future, you see abundance. And as yeah. And so, so Will, William Gibson's quote, the future is already here. It's not, it's just not evenly distributed applies really well here. The future is already here. Every single person on the planet has an ability to stop paying, stop being financially repressed right now and paying for $400 trillion of debt. That's already insolvent. They have a choice to move to the new, to the new system. They just don't know they have the choice. And you as a Bitcoiner, when you say that I'm not living in that system, I'm not measuring in that system, it tells you how hard it feels yeah. to make that choice. So how fast will this happen? I suspect it's actually going to happen slowly. And most mm -hmm. people are going to be trapped in their existing systems and get hurt by them. Um, time, yeah. it, um, and because and, if that wasn't going to be the case, then what you would think is everybody in Venezuela would already be Bitcoiners. Yeah, Argentina right. too. <laughs> Argentina too. Um, everyone in Lebanon, everybody in Turkey, every Egypt just did a fifty percent revaluation on the currency. In other words, oh, wow. people immediately lost fifty percent of their life savings, right? And it is, yeah. it, it, um, and 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 so, and this is going to happen. It's happening all over the world at just at different rates, and so people know this. Yet they stay stuck in a system and they're, or they're measuring Bitcoin from that system because they're spending all of their time. And I ask why, and it's because minds don't change very fast, but, but yep. if they did, if they did, each single person could also live in the future or create the future that they want to, they, they want to see, and it would happen faster, but it, I suspect it's going to happen, uh, uh, slower because because of what we're talking because of what we're talking yeah. about yeah yeah moving on to bitcoin uh we know there are like number of you catalysts emerging to bitcoin we know there's like bitcoin having um next year then we have election coming up in 2024 and also like potential bitcoin spot etf could be approved maybe sometimes this year or even next year um what do you think like may happen to like bitcoin price like overall maybe like next year or even for the past couple of years for the next couple of years. So I, I never, uh, I never maybe I, yeah, I never look at, I never look gotcha. at the Bitcoin price. I, just, I, I honestly don't care if, if it's inevitable, then measuring Bitcoin price, what we already said, if prices fall, the marginal cost of production, 
if, uh, if you have exponentially increasing productivity and we know those two things are true and, and as long as Bitcoin stays decentralized and secure and, and I have done everything in my own, uh, work to be able to kind of disprove that that would happen. And I've mm -hmm. come to, uh, I've come to a strong belief, like a 0 0.1 probability, a very small probability that it could ever get broken. Right. So, so once I'm there, I don't care because it's pricing the existing system. And every time somebody asked me about the price in Bitcoin, what it actually is, it, Bitcoin, yeah, 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 they're, they're, they're pricing it from the fiat instruments fiat, that it's yeah. being de de debased. debased. It yeah. just, yeah. And it reinforces to me that they're looking at it wrong mm -hmm. because what they're, what you're saying by that is once I have this amount of money in fiat, I'm going to trade my Bitcoin for this amount of money in fiat. And it doesn't right. work that way. And then price, and then, and then in fiat, in other words, in fiat, in fiat, Bitcoin will go to infinity effectively right. at some yeah. point. <laughs> and, and conversely, all prices will fall to zero in Bitcoin. Got it. Yeah. Sort of makes sense. Yeah. If you think in terms of Bitcoin, then you basically disregard the fiat. You don't think in terms of fiat anymore. Yeah. Um, so the, what, what do you think about Bitcoin spot ETF? Is it going to be like good for Bitcoin or bad or? Um, it, it'll, it'll be good for Bitcoin and everything is good for Bitcoin. When people yell at about Bitcoin, it's good for Bitcoin. More people understand what we're talking about and they move over to Bitcoin. More people move their energy into that. So there isn't in it. Let's, so I've been asked this. I was asked this in El Salvador about, uh, president Bukele from, from a, a very wealthy um, business group that was against them, majorly against them. And I, mm. and I asked them, I said, how could you be against an innovation that brings so much value to people? And effectively you could get at the end of the day, it was about control. Right. Um, and, um, but once they got the point of how, how much, how much money or how much value that they could build on Bitcoin, they started to turn, uh, turn. And the, the one thing they asked is, uh, was an insight at the end because they couldn't, many of them couldn't get to Bitcoin because they hated Bukele. Oh, um, <laughs> and, and political incentive. Yeah, exactly. And, and be, and probably because some of their pol political incentive from that class, uh, that group of people was enriched by previous regimes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. So, um, so now, and, and so, uh, one asked, well, what's the worst thing about Bitcoin? And, and I said, uh, I said, people you hate will be on it and they make it better for you. Oh, wow. Um, and that's the thing that, uh, turned many of them to start to understand this because let's, let's use Bukele, um, as an example, like it almost doesn't matter if let's say, let's say he was a dictator. I don't believe that that's true, but let's, let's say that that's true. And why I say, I don't believe that's true. Yes. He imprisoned a whole bunch of people, but how could you make change? with that type of crime, um, at, in, your on, on the, in your country. So, so I, I don't look at, uh, what pe I look at more of a long term on what people sh show up, but let's say, let's say he was a dictator by, by going to Bitcoin and giving and, and mute, moving the power to people versus versus political power say, yeah. over time, he removes his power to be a dictator. 
Um, and so, so, so even if a dictator went, and that's why I use EFT, if, because some people are triggered by BlackRock going, as long as this stays decentralized and secure, all of these things make Bitcoin stronger. It doesn't, it doesn't matter who, what, everything else, whether a politician says uh, today, I'm going to accept Bitcoin, whether they get elected or not, um, they're bringing more attention and more people to Bitcoin. And Bitcoin is building and getting stronger and stronger and stronger in this emergent system. And more people, I, I look at it as a bridge to the other side. And that bridge with every single action that every single person makes is getting stronger and wider and bigger and more people are walking across that bridge and that transition is going to take a long time but that's what's happening it doesn't matter it doesn't matter a blackrock etf if you're measuring in price if you're measuring price in the fiat instrument blackrock etf will uh will mean and having will mean price in 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 fiat terms will probably go way up um if you're measuring other events um there, there's going to have to be at some point a massive liquidity injection into the global economy. And I mean a massive, melt your face massive. Um, the power the, of exponential function, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so it, or, or a debasement of currencies along a line that you can't even imagine today. That is still in front, that's still in front of us. When it happens, don't, don't know. But if you're measuring Bitcoin through that, Bitcoin will look like it's going to the moon, but what it's actually doing is, is still measuring all prices falling. Right. But do you think uh, like BlackRock or other financial institutions can actually manipulate and suppress Bitcoin uh, price because of um, Bitcoin spot ETF? I think, yes, that, like I, think I, I think what's happening right now on the futures ETF, I think that that's what's happening to suppress right. Bitcoin price. I think that I think the spot in uh, yeah, ETF uh, somewhat solves that and actually produ produce, and that's why the spot ETFs have actually not been approved yet. I think that that's actually what's. Uh, I think that there's price suppression right now happening um, in the future in in, in in the futures, but it, but at some point it doesn't actually matter because at some point again, if you just if you just simplify your life and you say prices follow marginal cost of production. Uh, uh, we have exponentially increasing productivity. If you couldn't change the unit a measure, then everything's falling, no matter what games are being played. Yeah, you'd have to think about that. Um, if eventually it's going to break all games, all of the games getting played are going to get liquidated because they're based on false information and, and the real world that is tied to energy. Bitcoin chases energy, energy abundance, the real world and that decentralization and security and 21 million cap is going to be imposed on you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what people think. It, 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 it physics doesn't actually care what people think. Yep, that's true. Bitcoin doesn't but, care. <laughs> it's yeah. just the next block next block next block and it so it does. Yeah. it does what it, it does what it does so so that means that as long as it stays decentralized and secure um and you're uh, and um, um then then all prices will fall forever measured in it mm -hmm. gotcha so uh, moving on to probably last question um like bitcoin versus altcoins why bitcoin cannot be like a blackberry in the past and maybe something else can can emerge as an iPhone? What do you think? 
Yeah. So, so, so for this, I would recommend people go to my website and I, I wrote, a, um, on jeffbooth.ca and I wrote an article mm -hmm. called finding signal in a noisy world that explained why at a first principles level. Um, and, and you might have to read it two or three times, but it ex describes exactly what would happen in Bitcoin and the alternative coin or shitcoin space, right. um, it, just from kind of market function and uh, and why this is a one in once in a lifetime discovery. You can't discover it again. Um, and and um, I'll do discover it, internet again. You, exactly. I'll, I'll do it quickly to be able to, but but ultimately. Um, uh, a blockchain is is called something called a blockchain trilemma where you can only solve two of three th uh, three things on on a base layer of a blockchain mm -hmm. one is decentralization one is security and one is scalability and bitcoin chose yeah. chose decentralization and security and so when people said it didn't have a utility right what is the utility value of something that produce that forces honesty and truth in the world and protects your money. And I would say it's the biggest utility in the world, yeah, right? It's useful. Yep. It's, it's useful to every person, but, but why people got confused about that is they confused things you could build on top of it versus the utility value of that. And so what that meant is, is all you did, all you had to do is what we're describing now is, is just hold a Bitcoin and over time you would get rich. And so when, and you had to do nothing. So, so if you had essentially the perfect discovery in the, on the planet, and then a bunch of people were getting rich on that, but you couldn't build on it, you couldn't do anything, but hold it. What would happen in a free market? A whole bunch of people would come out and say, I have a better Bitcoin. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and how would they make it better? So let's just go through the, the, the logic of how they would make it better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but let's, for, there's, uh, there's a couple different things. So because it's open source code and everybody can see the code, they could cut, cut it, code, yeah. it, 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 they could cut and paste and create new coin, new coin, do, doge coin or yeah, something like cash, that. Litecoin, yeah, no, but some of those had different. So some of those had different characteristics. But let's use let's yeah let's use Doge as an example, which is just a copy of uh, of Bitcoin's blockchain, um, but with less security, less mining uh, hash, and less decentralization. So essentially, you have something with the exact same utility as Bitcoin, with less security and less decentralization. Why would you use that unless it was just a exactly, money-making yeah. exercise? So, so those will all, obviously would all go to zero over time. It wouldn't stop people from trading and hyping and thinking they, cause there'd be incentives. If they created it, they could make a lot of money by confusing other people. They could create marketing budgets. They could get VCs could fund them. They could create a ton of money by confusing other people, but they would all go to zero because it's the technical aspects eventually why would that work you're, now, you need the coin for like centralized uh ledger or company or whatever yeah yeah and then and now solve one of the other issues and says instead of solving decentralization and security say i'm going to change this and i'm going to offer scalability but i'm going to centralize yeah right so, so that's would be that would be like ethereum yeah. um and 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 again this is 
they have to. This isn't a choice. This is it, you can only choose uh, uh, two, uh, two of three in the base layer. So there is no choice. So I choose uh, whether they know or not. Whether they know what, and many didn't know what, what I'm talking about here. But so let's say solve scalability and decentralize, and 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 we're going to centralize. So think through that. I have, I have a, a very expensive database that costs more than a database. If I'm going to centralize, why wouldn't I use a database? And who pays for the increasing cost of that? Um, so, and, and then people say, I'm going to create DeFi on top of a centralized finance, right? On top of a, what is the purpose of DeFi on top of an expensive database? No one would do it over time. The economic rationale over time only favors the people that are winning through the essentially confusion of a whole bunch of actors trying to get rich. And so yep. all of these things go to zero. Yep. All of these things go to zero over time and Bitcoin remains. And then, and then what's happening today in Bitcoin as a, as a foundational layer is now people can start to build on top of it through lightning, Fediment, a whole bunch of other things that are coming. And, and it's getting easy. NFTs and Bitcoin are cardinals, even I'm not a you're, kind of Yeah, person. you're going to see some of that. Some of that will make no sense. Some of yeah, it, it might make, no make uh, 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 some of it might, or on a different layer, some of it might. Um, but, uh, but you're going to see an explosion of innovation on top of these things. Because now you can, now the base layer is secure and you can build a foundation for a real yeah. economy on top. Similar and to the internet. Yep. Ex exactly. Similar to TCP IP at the base of the internet, the base of this call that we're doing right now. Yep. Okay, Jeff, uh, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, where would you like to send my viewers like any website or? Um, I would just say, yeah, I, I would send them the website for one, uh, one important reason. If I'm not, if my, if my contact information or if my, um, uh, social uh, media users isn't on that website. It's not me. There's so many scammers oh. out there pre pretending they're me. So I'm not on it. Uh, Jeffbooth.ca. That's it. Okay. Yeah. And is it anything else? Thanks. Um, yeah, no, that, that's, that's probably, uh, that's probably best. And, uh, and just don't, uh, I, I never ask people for money. I never asked to trade. You can imagine I don't ask to trade uh, shit coins. Um, so, so if you see, if you see one of these fake imposter Jeff booths, right. I'm not on Instagram, I'm not on Facebook. Um, yeah. so if you see some of those, um, tune yeah, actually a last thing, uh, like another, like Jeff booth impersonator of yours, uh, contact me in Twitter, maybe two days ago, whatever. He wrote something like, Hey Jeff, are you ready for tomorrow's interview? And he did not reply. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. But I knew like he's, yeah. he has like a 1000 followers or whatever. Yeah. So, um, it, it, it's, it, that's, that's why I say if it's not on jeffbooth.ca, then it's not me. So, uh, and, and I, I'll keep, I keep that updated because it's a, it's one, the one thing I can do to tell people. Got it. Okay. Thank you so much for doing this, Jeff.